everyone, and welcome back to the next episode, episode three of the Mesa Message, your one-stop shop for news, updates, good books, and interviews from the Mesa program at Tacoma Community College. I am your host, Tabby, and let's go ahead and get going. So to kick us off, we're going to start with a couple of updates. Uh, by a couple, I mean actually one <laughs> from the Mesa program here at DCC. Uh, so this is about the SMART Scholarship. So the SMART Scholarship is a federal scholarship which supports students with paying for college, getting internships, and employment after college. You can register for the SMART Application Kickoff webinar, uh, which is happening to tomorrow on July 28th. Attendees will have the opportunity to learn about the program and how to begin the application process directly from SMART Leadership, a SMART Scholar, and the SMART Scholars Mentor. More information about that can actually be found on the Mesa Canvas page. Let's go ahead and take a look at that. Also, a couple of updates from TCC. As always, I am here to remind you to check your student email. Um, most of what I put into these updates can be found in your email. So get a head start and make sure that you're logging in, uh, I would say, at least every other day, but every day would definitely be better. The tutoring centers are hiring for fall. So many of you are familiar with the WTC, the MARC. Uh, some of you are also familiar with SI and Dedicated Tutoring, uh, as well as the Business Education Center, the BEC. If you are interested in these opportunities, uh, further information can be found in your email. If you're interested in the WTC, you can reach out to Heather Urschel, the Mark, and the BEC. You want to reach out to Shannon Presley. And for Dedicated Tutoring or Supplemental Instruction, you'll reach out to Elmira Utz. For fall quarter, uh, as of right now, the college still has funding for from, ugh, sorry, funding left over from the CARES Act. So CARES right now will be available in the fall quarter. Uh, so for those of you who are unfamiliar, the CARES Act is part of the act that was put into place by the government uh, at the beginning of COVID. So the same act that got you that uh, 1200 or 2000 or whatever uh, kind of like bonus in the mail uh, also applied to colleges and getting some extra funds to students who would not have the opportunity to have those. More information can be found on the Tacoma Community College website. I also wanted to give a little shout out to Access Services. Uh, so some of you know how amazing this department is. Some of you have had and probably will continue to have no reason to contact them. But I wanted to make sure that uh, everybody knows about Access Services. Access Services is there for students who need a little bit of extra help, maybe in the classroom, extended deadlines, being able to record lectures. Uh, I've actually been able to use them for my anxiety. I've been able to take tests at Access Services. So I'm not sitting in a room full of other people. Um, so there are all kinds of things that Access Services can do to help you. If you're uncertain whether your condition or if you have a condition, that qualifies for help from Access Services, be sure to reach out to them. Um, Lee runs the front desk and is working remotely like the rest of us, and she's absolutely amazing. You can reach them by emailing accessservices at tacomacc.edu. This week's book club, woohoo! So the Mesa book club this week actually comes from a friend of mine named Maureen, uh, and she is recommending The Invisible Library by Genevieve Cogman. And here is the description for that. Irene is a professional spy for the mysterious library, which harvests fiction from different realities. And along with her enigmatic assistant Kai, say that three times fast, she's posted to an alternative London, their mission to retrieve a dangerous book. 
but when they arrive, it's already been stolen. London's underground factions seem prepared to fight to the very death to find her book. Adding to the jeopardy, this world is chaos-infested, the laws of nature bent to allow supernatural creatures and unpredictable magic. Irene's new assistant is also hiding secrets of his own. Soon, she's up to her eyebrows in a heady mix of danger, clues, and secret societies. Yet failure is not an option. The nature of reality itself is at stake. This sounds really great. I have not read this, but after uh, reading this description and uh, talking to her about it, I'm kind of excited to. The Invisible Library is actually also a series. So it looks like uh, this was published, I think, in either 2015 or 16. Um, and one book has been published each year since then. So they are expecting, I believe, book five uh, to be... It was supposed to be published this year with COVID. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but if you like long, long stories with little pieces, uh, sagas, I guess, you could say this might be like a might be the book for you. Um, if you have a five favorite, a favorite, <laughs> a uh, science fiction or science fiction fantasy uh, book that you'd like to share with the rest of us, we absolutely welcome that. I'm definitely looking for recommendations. I need things to add to my reading list as well as our uh, listeners need things to add to their reading list. So you can tweet or message us at on Twitter at Mesa TCC. So that's at M-E-S-A-A-T-T-C-C to send in those recommendations. This week, we're going to be speaking with uh, Chanel Hall, who works with the STEAM Network here in Tacoma. So we're going to go ahead and roll into that interview, and I will see you after. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. Uh, Chanel, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so thank you for having me. Um, my name is Chanel Renee Hall. Uh, I work for the Foundation for Tacoma Students as the Tacoma STEAM Network Manager. Um, it's interesting because I get this question a lot of like, what do you do? How do you explain your work? And I never have a <laughs> have a great answer. Um, but my answer to most people is that um, I bring together a group of kind of stakeholders across sectors. So um, K through 12 education, higher education, business, government, kind of you name it, um, really with the common goal to increase um, STEAM, STEM technology, or sorry, <laughs> STEM and STEAM. So um, STEAM incorporates the A, um, but really to bring more awareness, more opportunities to students of color, girls, and those impacted by poverty um, in Tacoma, specifically to Tacoma students, but a lot of our partners do work um, in the Tacoma Pierce County area. That's really great. So we know that STEAM incorporates STEM with the A, and the yeah. A represents arts, correct? Yeah, yep, you're So right. why, why is it so important for STEAM to incorporate that arts, arts component in what is generally considered the STEM network? So I would say there's, I think, two theories of thought. Um, I'm naturally a STEM girl because of my background. Um, however, I do understand that there is an importance to call out the arts um, because that's sometimes that's the easiest access to students, right? They naturally gravitate towards art. Um, and I think there's so many things that you can do uh, that incorporate both art and STEAM, or sorry, art and STEM. Um, and so I think for our network purposes, I wasn't actually there when we named our network, but I think um, kind of the school of thought is that, you know, arts can be an access point for 
some students who may not get the opportunity to um, see themselves in STEM because STEM can be like very linear, you know, doctor, uh, engineer, whatever. But um, there's a lot of STEM in arts. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> I like it. It sounds really great. I think also... Um... I don't want to d- sidetrack too much, but I know no. when I was younger, um, the thought there wasn't STEM, STEM like the yeah. STEM is an acronym didn't exist yet. But I think also just thinking about science and mathematics was very overwhelming and it's yeah. very intimidating, not even yeah. just the linearness of it. Right. And so if someone I think had come to me and been like, hey, let's do STEM art. I'd be like, oh, that sounds cool. Sure. Let's yeah. do that. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, um, definitely math can be very intimidating to students, science is for sure. But as you get into it, like if you think about like coding and gaming and, uh, you know, digital media, like all of that, you have to have that. You have to have some type of STEM background, Um, you know, so there's some critical thinking in there. So I agree with you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna roll it back just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, no I want to know about you. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, where you grew up and what it was like? Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually originally from uh, Southfield, Michigan, um, which is a suburb of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, grew up there all my life. Um, you know, like I guess like any child, you know. Uh, Thankfully, I was fortunate to still have a two-parent household, kind of grew up in the suburbs, um, and was really always interested in what's now called STEM. You know, I was always interested in science. Um, I remember, like, I had a chemistry set as a child, and I always wanted to, like, try to, like, experiment, not necessarily blow things up, but kind (laughs) of experiment. Um, Remember kind of riding my bike and exploring leaves on the trees and, you know, so just kind of always, I guess, this naturally curious kid. Um, I originally wanted to be a doctor growing up. So uh, I I aspired at the time to be a OBGYN just because I love babies and um, really was passionate at the, it was still passionate somewhat, but um, passionate about women's health. So that was kind of like the path that I was going. Um, and yeah, and then got to college, of course, and kind of took a turn, but still, uh, so I have a background in chemistry, majored in uh, chemistry at the uh, Pennsylvania State University or Penn State as short. And then got a master's degree also um, in in chemistry um, at Oakland University in Michigan. So, oh wow! So yeah. how did you end up? I mean, it, it sounds like you you were like chemistry, and yeah. you were helping run this team network. So how yeah. did you make that transition? So um, probably sometime either sophomore or junior year, um, I got involved with the American Chemical Society um, at my campus. Um, Penn State has like a bunch of different campuses and really kind of saw like, oh, it's really cool to like interact with little kids and kind of show them science and see their faces just light up. And then I had a professor um, who really was like, you know, you're really good at this. And I was just like, okay like i wasn't really sure what the what was but she was a science outreach uh, coordinator i think on the side and we kind of had this conversation around like what science outreach was um kind of what it entailed and then i think it just kind of sparked my interest of like oh i could 
you know, be a people person and do science at the same time. <laughs> so uh, I think, you know, I started just kind of thinking about, you know, where I wanted to go in life and um, not really wanting to be stuck in a lab forever, but really, you know, I'm, I'm a really personable person. So um, started looking into like, what is science outreach? What is science education? Because I had no idea. Um, and then kind of after that, I think, you know, around grad school is when I started volunteering um, at my local science uh, museum and was really like, okay, I actually really like this. You know, this is a whole, and then started doing my own research and was like, wow, this is a whole field. Um, it felt like, you know, either you go one direction or the other, either you go into research or you go into science education. At the time, I wasn't, it wasn't really like STEM education. I think I started hearing the word STEM a little bit, but it was more science education. Um, and so I kind of just followed that, you know, that path. Um, I did AmeriCorps for a year and my focus was kind of, you know, science outreach. I was in uh, Phillipsburg, New Jersey, of all places, <laughs> <laughs> um, doing some work with uh, 4-H there. And um, my focus was a lot on like robotics and um, just getting more science into the community. Um, and then we had the opportunity to come out here. Actually, before before I came out here, um, I kind of did this like summer tour with a company called Envision, um, and they they run like these summer uh, not I think year long camps too, but they're like short camps basically. And so um, there was a I did a couple summer camps at some universities where students would come on campus, it was like high school students. Um, we would spend like the week with them. They would like do these deep dives into like physics and engineering. Um, we would be like their camp counselors in a way. <laughs> it was it was very, it was fun. It was tiring, but it was fun. Um, and then got an opportunity to come out here and start my career with an organization that's still near dear to my heart um, called Tech Bridge Girls. Um, and their focus is really... Um, educating, exciting, and equipping girls, um, girls of color, uh, to go into the STEM fields. And so that's kind of how I got into this field, this uh, interesting backwards way, I guess. But love love every moment, have loved every moment of it. That's a wild journey, <laughs> I have to say. It is. It really is. Yeah. So did you, I mean, in your in your path from, like, chem, chem Dr. OBGYN <laughs> to science outreach. Did you hit yeah. like roadblocks? But what kind of things did you come across that you were like, oh, I, didn't, yeah. I mean, other than like science outreach being a thing, like things that yeah. you didn't expect? Yeah, I didn't actually expect to take this route. Um, I would say probably sophomore year of college, I actually wanted to change my major. Um, I, I was just like, I can't do chemistry. It's way too hard. Um, just the physics, the math was really getting to me. Um, and I remember going to my advisor was like, I'm going to change my major to something easier. And she was like, well, what are you thinking? I was like, I don't know, basket weaving, something, just something <laughs> I was just so stressed out that year. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she kind of talked me down. But also I had, well, he actually ended up being my research professor. Um, you know, he really encouraged me. Well, he basically told me that I was not changing my major um, because 
uh, at the time, you know, I didn't understand it then. I understand it now. But he was just like, you don't understand the power that you will have as a black woman with a science background. And I was just like, I didn't really understand what that meant. Um, you know, I was the only African-American female in my class, uh, graduating class in chemistry at my university or my branch campus. Um, and it wasn't until later where I was like, yeah, I, I see why, why it was important for him to tell me that. Um, but yeah, I definitely wanted to change my major. Uh, definitely didn't know if I was going to graduate on time because physics was just my roadblock. I just could not understand physics. I mean, I went to tutors and homework help. I mean, I just, I feel like I lived in the physics department because I just, it was just one of those classes where I was just like, I don't get this. It's just way too abstract for me. Um, so I, I got through that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you have different uh, personalities that you sometimes encounter where you're like, mm, this is not, you know, this is kind of rubbing me the wrong way or, um, you know, uh, not, not wanting people to see you cry, you know, it's kind of the, the other thing that I've kind of had to be like, okay, you know, if I'm upset, let me let it out and let me just kind of keep going. Um, that was more in grad school. And then I think, the next probably biggest roadblock is when I started applying for jobs. I mean, when I was in AmeriCorps, gosh, I must have applied for like 50 jobs for sure, just all in STEM education. And I felt like over and over again that I was being told that I didn't have enough experience. So it's interesting because like a part of me thought about going into, you know, into this um, actual like lab, the, the, the field of chemistry. Um, and was told, I felt like I was being told that I didn't have enough experience, which was like, okay, I have a master's degree. I've done a, read a couple papers. Like, I don't understand. And then trying to, <laughs> yeah. And then trying to get into the STEM education field, it was like, you don't have enough experience. And so um, a couple of times was told like, why don't you think about going to get your PhD? And I was thinking like, well, how's that going to help me? You know, because that's just another degree. So, um, you know, that's, everyone has roadblocks, but I feel like, you know, there were definitely times where I, I just kind of wanted to give up for sure. Yeah. Do you feel like not only, I mean, we as in the science community and specifically programs like Mesa and STEAM do yeah. put a lot of emphasis on um, minority groups within STEM fields. And I feel yeah. like you fit into two of those minority groups where you are not only a woman, but you are yeah. an African-American woman. Have yeah. you hit roadblocks and come across maybe personalities that were troublesome <laughs> based oh, yeah. on those those things? You know, it was never like outright said, but I picked up on little things where it was like, interesting. Like, you know, I wasn't naive, but it was just like, you know, I, I remember being in college and kind of feeling like I wasn't getting the support from, you know, a professor or two because it, and it wasn't, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he wasn't doing it on purpose, but it, it, it just felt that way. Um, or, you know, in grad school where, um, you know, I had either a postdoc or someone trying to tell me how to do something, even though I already knew how to do it. It was just kind of like, well, do you feel like I can't do it because I'm a woman? Or, so 
So there was just, it felt like there were little hints where it was like, okay, I'm going to have to figure out like kind of how to navigate this um, for sure. Yeah. And do you have any advice that you would pass on to someone who may be in a similar or might have those experiences in the future? Yeah, I feel like, you know, um, assumption, I mean, definitely checking your assumptions, right? I mean, you would, I would give that advice to anyone, but um, not jumping to a to conclusions, you know, it could be the case. It couldn't be the case. Um, maybe asking questions of, well, you know, um, do you feel like I don't know that procedure because of something or um, tell me more? And then I would say really like, you know, it, for me, especially in grad school, for me, it was really good to find <laughs> find a friend who I could kind of just like vent to on the side of like, man, you know, this person or this 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 uh, experiment is not going well. I mean, we all need to kind of like vent um, at times. And so just like finding the person that you can really talk to um, can, and maybe can even just like help you navigate it is, is what I would say for sure. Yeah, that's really good advice. I have one more question off of yeah. all of the things that you've just no, not okay. total. I have many more questions. <laughs> <laughs> but you talked a little bit about um, it sounded like a professor slash mentor who had said that you didn't realize your power as an African American yeah. in chemistry, um, yeah. and that it took you a long time to get there. What would you say that your power as an African American woman in chemistry is, especially as you do uh, STEM outreach? Um, that's a great question. I think my power is that even though I am not in the field per se of chemistry, I've been through the the trials of trying to get to the field, even just in college and grad school. And so um, I think one of my powers is that, you know, I do look like some of the students who they are trying to get to the level or higher that I that I am. And so just talking about those roadblocks or classes, you know, being able to relate to students has really helped me. Um, and it helps also too that I have a technical background, right? Like I understand, you know, when people are talking about X, Y, and Z, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I get that. Like I, I can follow, <laughs> you know, I might not know every single detail, but at least I have a, a basic understanding of, you know, different facets of, of STEM, whether it's math or science or, you know, even technology and engineering. I didn't go into engineering. My husband's an engineer, but, you know, he comes home and I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I, I took that class. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so I think it's just like the relatability, honestly. Um, I have a mentor or sorry, a mentee right now and she's uh going into computer science um, and even my sister-in-law just looked at her classes and I'm like, okay, you got a, you got a good, good low. Cause she wants to do mechanical engineering. So, you know, it's, we need, we need more women of color. We need more black women to, um, you know, just everyday black women to, to be mentors and to be uh, not the face, but yeah, to be mentors to these, to these students who are trying to get into the field. Right. They need yeah. someone who looks like them and comes from where they come from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great, great. So you talked a little bit about connecting with the organization that is close to your heart when you came yeah. to Washington. And I apologize because I've forgotten the name of okay. it. Okay, Tech Bridge um, Girls. Tech Bridge Girls. Yeah. Uh, how did you end up in the STEAM network from Tech Bridge Girls? 
Um, so I worked at Tech Bridge Girls for about four and a half years. Um, and at that point, so I had done like after school kind of coordinator program person where I was like delivering the after school programs with the girls and then um was you know that was never really like my my career uh <laughs> like I've hit my career goal um and so then was promoted to doing uh more like management of our professional development trainings um but still you know you want to grow in your career and so I had reached out to um, his name is actually, his name is Lee Lambert. Uh, he's the executive director of City Gear now, but at the time he was at, uh, Washington STEM, which is, um, a statewide entity. They do a lot of systems work, um, systems equity work. And I had kind of known about these like networks across the state, but not really sure what they were. And so we uh, we connected and I was like, hey, Lee, can you let, give me more information about these networks? Um, and so we had this conversation and I and I remember because it had to be like two or three weeks later where he was like, OK, well, uh, there might be an opening. You said you want to get into this network game. And I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I was like. Thinking in my head, like, wait, not now, like, you know, six or months or a year down the line. And so uh, I I reached out to our executive director now and just honestly remember being terrified because I was just like, I don't know what this job entails. I just knew I needed I needed more. Like I was looking for a challenge. I was looking for growth. Um, you know, I wasn't like, I knew a little bit about what a STEM slash STEAM network was, but wasn't sure what they were. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of just, I reached out and then I had a conversation. Um, and really after that, com that first conversation, I was like, okay, yeah, like, I really think this is something that I want to do. Um, it was definitely a challenge and a push, you know, uh, get, working with multiple people in different sectors. Like that was something that I had never done. And then um, one thing that I didn't know that was involved was policy and advocacy work, which I had really never done. So, um, so yeah, one conversation just led to another, which led to an interview. And, uh, and then it led to another interview. <laughs> And then, yeah, I got a call and was like, you know, we'd like to offer you the job. And I was just, I was super excited because I was just like, wow, like this is, you know, this is great. I, I was, I was taking that step, that next step that I needed to take. Um, and, and it just started from there. That's really great. That's, you never know who you're going to meet. <laughs> That's true. It was definitely like a networking, you know, yeah, you you know, they say like it's not it's not what you know sometimes it's who you know. And I feel like this was one of those times of it was like this was who I knew at the time. So, yeah. That's That brings <laughs> me such joy. That's so great. That's so fantastic. So, what so far on your journey thus far? Um, yeah. what has been the most surprising thing that you've come across? Um as far as like in my role right now, uh that's up to you you're you, okay. in general your education and the role you're in now on your journey to get there man my surprising um you know actually one thing that's surprising especially because i'm not from here is um how 
small, the uh, STEM, STEAM network of people is because, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, like I said, I'm very personable. I love keeping relationships. You know, you don't keep them all, but you try to. And um, I just remember like telling my parents like, uh, yeah, I told my, you know, I had told my, my previous boss that I was uh, like in the interview round and kind of, and I wanted to give her that heads up because one, I wanted to make sure um, that, you know, when things started moving, that she didn't feel like I had just come out of left field and be like, hey, I'm leaving. Um, but at the same time, I was just like this, this field out, especially in Washington, it feels like to me is just so small. Like I'm going to run into her again, mm-hmm. which I have. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's been like the one surprising thing of like, you know, I might see somebody that I had interactions with, you know, years ago and they're like, you look familiar. And I'm like, yeah, probably because I was this at X, Y, and Z. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's how I know, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah that's been surprising for me. <laughs> that's It's definitely small. I know that I have run into a couple of people multiple times, even just through my limited work with the one Mesa Center that I'm connected yeah. to. So, yeah. so that's really fantastic. Um, so what is one piece of unconventional advice that you would pass on to someone who is starting either like on a chemistry path or on a path towards yeah. um, STEM networking, communication outreach. Yeah. Um, I always tell people to follow their passion. Um, and that's kind of, I think how I've gotten here, you know, I've, I've followed my own passion. Um, I would honestly tell, unconventionally, I would probably tell somebody to like take as many opportunities as possible because you just never know where something is going to lead you to. Um, Whether that's, you know, an unpaid internship, which I know is not conventional right now, especially in COVID, but you just never know either who's going to help you out later or who you can get a reference from. Um, And even just like STEM education, like I remember... Uh, also in grad school, not only was I um, volunteering at the science museum, but I had part. I had volunteered for the L- Lymphoma and Leukemia Society because I wanted to learn more about nonprofits, um, not knowing that you know I would be in nonprofits later on down the line. But it was just like one of those things where I was like, it has, it, it yeah, it has something to do with STEM, but not necessarily what I was trying to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, every opportunity can be something you just, you just never know. Right. So when we're talking about opportunities, if someone was interested in maybe getting involved in the STEAM network, are there options and opportunities for that? Yeah. Um, so we have monthly meetings, uh, they will start up in September. Um, but we definitely have monthly meetings that we, we actually have like two kind of work groups happening right now. So one they're really focused on um, sparking joy and curiosity around math um, in the city of Tacoma and Pierce County. And so they've been, um, they've come up with these like math games, math scavenger games to do like around the city. (laughs) And then they're partnering with like Metro Parks to do some chalk walk puzzles. Um, So watch out for that. 
And then we have another group that we've kind of like lumped every, not everything else into, but we've um, called it our career connected learning group. And so that, I mean, that goes from like us doing, you know, externships for educators and getting them more connected to workforce, to reaching out to counselors, um, to encourage students to apply for the Washington State Opportunity Scholarship. So there's just a lot of ways I think to get involved with our network. And even if you don't figure out like the way, like I'm very open to having one-on-one conversations with people and being like, okay, tell me what you're passionate about. Let's figure out how we can, you know, serve your interests, but also, you know, you feel like you're a part of the network. Um, I'm still working on that because everybody has their, everybody has their own interests and passions. Um, but I, it's something that I definitely, I want people to feel like they're connected to the work. So, yeah. That's really great. That's, yay, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to, I want to take a little bit, uh, I want to put you under a microscope. That's almost what I said. That's not what I meant, but, uh, you already, you mentioned your husband and when we were talking a little bit before recording, you mentioned that you're expecting your first child. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, your home life and what that looks like? Well, right now it looks like my work life where it's like, (laughs) I feel like I'm always on most of the time. Um, But I would say uh, before COVID, um, you know, I had, we would be in the office from 8, 8.30 to 5.00. Um, and I pretty much turned off after I went home. Like, I think, you know, when I was at TechBridge Girls, while I loved it, I feel like I worked all the time. Like I was answering emails and on the weekends and um, just not in a good work, work, wait, work home balance. Um, and so when I came to the foundation, I made it my own personal goal to kind of uh, <laughs> do a better job at um, kind of separating work from work from home. Um, that has not happened really in COVID because again, I'm I'm in my space, I'm in my home all the time. But I would say, you know, I try to kind of turn off around five, five thirty, six, depending on kind of what's going on. Um, and then really focusing just more, you know, most of my time on my husband or us spending time together right now i'm in like baby mode so you know i'm like looking at all the things on (laughs) on all the websites (laughs) and planning and uh yeah but um yeah so i'm I'm trying to and you know welcoming a new little one of course will shift that balance so it'll be interesting to see uh where my you know how i play out work and home when she gets here. <laughs> right. How, how you find that balance, especially when your office is in your living room. Yeah, right. Well, I've kind of like switched up. Like, so right now I'm in my living room, but we do have like an office slash nursery upstairs. Um, but we have an AC unit down here. So I'm just like, it's cooler <laughs> down here. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's been warm for the last couple of days, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so how do you, you mentioned that you, when you could go into the office, you kind of turn off between like 5.30 and 6. Yeah. What kind of other things do you do for self-care and to help maintain that balance? Yeah. Um, I like going on walks. Um, that's kind of one of the things I do. I'm a journaler, so, uh, I've been journaling, gosh, probably since I was younger, like in high school. Uh, so, you know, if I need to take out my frustrations (laughs) on anyone, (laughs) um, even sometimes myself, 
um, my fears, whatever. I, I tend to journal them out. Um, and then, um, you know, lately I've been uh, just kind of like getting into more like a bedroom or bedroom <laughs> bedtime routine. So like I will turn the TV off around or I will... <laughs> My husband might still be watching TV, but I'll like go upstairs like around nine, you know, maybe I'll do yoga or, you know, take a shower or whatever um, and just kind of like decompress. Like I get on Pinterest and I just let my mind drift <laughs> into whether it's, you know, cooking or DIYing or pinning everything that I want to do later in life. Um, so that's been kind of my self-care of just like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna decompress for I'm imagining a lot of baby pins. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of baby pins, a lot of, um, cooking, like I love to cook. Um, and I actually, a lot of DIY, like I love home projects. Um, you know, like I've, we've changed like the tile in our bathroom and, uh, You know, so things like that. I love HGTV, Property Brothers. Um, so They're every adorable time I, too. That doesn't help. Yeah, and every time I look at Property Brothers, I look around my house like, ooh, what can I change? <laughs> so, yeah. The dangers of... Uh, the dangers, yep. Yeah, of for HGTV. Sure. <laughs> All right, so I have one more question for you, and it's like okay. an official one more question. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what are your current dreams and goals? What are you striving for now? Yeah. Um, better work-life balance. That's what. <laughs> but I would say, um, so I, I love doing the work that I do now. Um, I definitely want to dive deeper into kind of systems change, um, especially, um, you know, increasing access to more students of color, um, specifically black students, girls, um, that's just kind of, you know, where my passion and where my heart lies. Um, and I would love to actually do that, uh, statewide. I don't know who or how or when that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I would love to work on some, some statewide initiatives. Um, so that's kind of where I feel like my career is going a little bit. Um, I've often joked with our uh, director of policy and advocacy, like, hmm, could I go into advocacy and policy work? Like, you never know. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what, where my mind is currently. That's really fantastic. Thank you so much for yeah. sharing so much of yourself in your journey. Um, of course. Today, we've really enjoyed having you. Thank you. Again, thank you, Chanel, for taking the time uh, to share with us and sharing your story. Uh, This podcast would be absolutely impossible without people like you uh, who are willing to share a piece of themselves with the rest of us and to open up so frankly. Uh, So thank you so much. Uh, I also want to know, are you, you, the listener, a TCC Mesa student who'd be willing to share your personal journey? Uh, We're looking to do some student interviews as well as interview, uh, continue to do interviews from our own campus community and out in the community um, in the Tacoma area. So if you're interested in being interviewed, feel free to shoot us an uh, email, mesa at tacomacc.edu. That's M-E-S-A at tacomacc.edu. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Um, give us a message there. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter. That Twitter is at Mesa at TCC. That's at M-E-S-A-A-T-T-C-C. Uh, we're going to be posting updates about 
podcasts there and uh we want to make sure that you guys get involved and 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 i will check it more often i promise <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by the mesa program at tacoma community college make sure to follow us on twitter all music provided by purple planet at www.purpleplanet.com providing royalty free music to the masses do you have a mesa or a tcc update you'd like for us to share please feel free to shoot us an email, mesa at tacomacc.edu, with the subject line, Mesa Message Updates. If you've enjoyed this production, please consider leaving a review on your podcast player of choice. Reviews help us get noticed and allow more people to enjoy the content we put out. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we're looking really forward to seeing you next time in episode four. Bye-bye!